Welcome to episode 46 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'll be recapping my reads for October. Before I get started, I just wanted to remind everyone how important it is to rank and review us on iTunes. Um, It's really simple. If you have the iTunes or podcast app on your phone, you can rate and review from the app. Otherwise, you can go to our iTunes page. I will put a link in the show notes. It's a great way to not only um, tell other people about the podcast, but also to let us know what you think, um, what your favorite segments are, what your favorite episodes have been. And um, I, for the first time in a couple of weeks, went back and looked at our current ratings and reviews. And um, thank you so much. You just really made my day with all of the great things you had to say about the podcast. Um, This is such a labor of love for our staff. And um, it's really fun to hear that people, not just in South Georgia, but kind of all over the country are listening to the podcast. And I would be curious to know where some of you are from. So if you do choose to rank or review us on iTunes over the next couple of weeks, I hope you will leave us a little note and let us know where you're listening from, how you found out about us. It's really helpful to figure out how people are discovering the bookshelf and from the front porch. And so if you would provide that feedback for us, I would so appreciate it. And thank you to those of you who have Um, written in and reviewed and ranked us already. You um, have been a big encouragement to me this week, and it's been really fun to get such great feedback on what we're doing. So thank you so much. All right, so I will be honest and say that October was not a great reading month for me. I don't know if other readers out there kind of understand the ebb and flow. We've talked before about a reading rhythm. I completely was out of mine in October and I had such high expectations. Um, We went to the mountains for a few days and so I thought for sure I would tackle some reading there. And I did, I was able to read a few, um, a couple of books that I really liked, but overall just not a great month in terms of quantity of books read. So Normally, I try to read six to eight books a month. This month, I hit four, or in October, I hit four. Um, That is what I used to read when I had a quote-unquote real job, like a normal job um, at a desk. I would read a book a week, which I thought was pretty good back then. Um, And it is good. That is so good. But now that books are my job, I try to read more than that. And unfortunately, with so many things going on, or fortunately, I guess, um, with so many things going on at the shop and in downtown Thomasville, including our One Book Festival, which you've heard us mention so many times, um, just wasn't a great um, a great reading month for me. That being said, um, the books I read I really enjoyed. So um, the first book I read in October was After You by Jojo Moyes. Um, if you have not read Me Before You by Jojo Moyes, I really suggest you stop what you're doing, turn off this podcast, get in the car, go to the library, go to the bookstore, um, and pick up Me Before You. Um, Jojo Moyes came out with that book a couple of years ago. I read it, loved it. It's a page turner, but it's also really well written. Um, Definitely some romantic elements, but it's just such a great story. I'm typically not a romantic or a romance reader at all, Um, but the story was so compelling that I really enjoyed it. After You 
is, as you might guess from the title, the sequel to that book. She, um, Jojo Moya has never intended to write a sequel to Me Before You, but fan response was so great, and I'm sure sales were so great, that she decided to go ahead and write a sequel. So After You picks up not too long after Me Before You ends, and I don't want to kind of spoil the story for you, um, but After You is really in the aftermath of the events of Me Before You, and to be honest, it wasn't what I was expecting at all uh, in terms of kind of where it would pick up and where the story would take me. And there were parts of it. It's still a really well-written book, but it, it wasn't quite as compelling to me as the first book. I will tell you, and anybody who's read my blog or talked with me in the store, or maybe even listened to the podcast probably knows, I am not one, I'm not a reader who really looks for or enjoys sequels or trilogies. I often like the first book of a series best. Um, the exception uh, to that would be Harry Potter. Um, but even Harry Potter, the more that J.K. Rowling puts out now, I actually don't read a ton of um, a ton of her commentaries or her interviews because I really like where I left those characters. And we've talked about that before on the podcast. And so I read After You, honestly, because we got an advanced reader copy in the store, and I thought, well, this will be a good, um, a good pick-me-up, a good fiction novel that I can kind of just kind of not whiz through, because you hate to say that about any book, but a book that I knew I would enjoy and be able to finish. So frequently when I get kind of out of my reading rhythm, I pick up a good book of fiction. And so that's why I picked up After You. And in that sense, it really was well written. I enjoyed it. It was perfectly enjoyable. It just wasn't as compelling of a story to me. There were parts of it that even felt a little bit um, Hallmark movie-ish, um, if that makes sense. It was very sweet. It's a very sweet book. And um, I don't know, it was just a little bit different from Me Before You. Um, that being said, I found it to be completely enjoyable, and I have talked to a couple of customers who really thought it was a well-done ending to that story, uh, the closure that they needed from the previous book that they didn't get. Um, and then even the other customer in the shop, customer and friend who kind of felt the same way I did about After You, still agreed that it's worth reading. So if you read me before you, don't not pick up after you because you're afraid of the turn it's going to take or you're afraid the characters won't be what you want them to be. I think if you liked me before you, you will like after you. So if you've read me before you by Jojo Moyes, go ahead and pick up the sequel. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, I think you will um, love hearing from those characters again and you won't you won't be disappointed. Um, the book might not be exactly what you uh, thought it would be, um, and it might, if you're like me, not be quite as compelling, but you won't be disappointed. It's perfectly lovely and enjoyable. So that book is After You by Jojo Moyes. Okay, the next book was my favorite book of the month. It probably will go on my best books of the year. Um, however, if you are not from this part of the country, this book might not appeal to you. So the second book of the month that I read was Tribal by Diane Roberts. She's a professor at Florida State University, which as you know is just a few miles down the road from Thomasville in Tallahassee, Florida. Um, Florida State frequently makes headlines for uh, its football team. Sometimes those headlines are good. Sometimes they are not so good. And as a Florida State football fan, um, 
I picked up Tribal, which is Diane Roberts' look at football, especially in the South, but she really covers all over the country. Um, just the South treats football like a religion, and so um, she really kind of tackles those stereotypes. And um, I loved this book. Diane Roberts is a fantastic narrator. She is wicked funny, like wickedly hilarious. Um, and yet her book is extremely informative. So lots of history of the sport of football, lots of information about um, current events, um, players on and off the field, what that means. And she approached this book in terms of, she was she's a football fan, she's been a season ticket holder at Florida State football games, and yet she knew, you know, she's a feminist, she describes herself as a politically liberal, and she would frequently get these funny looks because she's just not the target audience for a football fan, right? Like, she said she would have professor friends from other universities kind of look at her like she had two heads, like, why are you supporting this? You know, what is so great about football, especially in academia? You know, there's there's frequently a push-pull kind of tug-of-war going on between academia and the sports programs at universities. So she tackled that subject, and she decided she really wanted to address those issues. And so as someone who has a love-hate relationship with Florida State football, someone who I really enjoy watching football games with Jordan, you know, that's a great deal of our Saturday night, and yet I watch these tackles taking place, and I think about concussions and injuries and what we're doing to these young men and Anyway, she tackles all of that, no pun intended. Um, and I think if you like football or if someone in your life likes football and you find sports in general to be interesting, the business of sports um, to be interesting, this is a really great book because it not only provides that information, but it also has a memoir element um, where she's talking about her personal experiences. And like I said, so funny. I mean, the portrayals of the University of Alabama football team and and some of her time in Tuscaloosa, as somebody who went to college in Alabama, not at um, the University of Alabama, but just went to school in Alabama, football in Alabama is so different from the rest of the country. And Gosh, she just, it's so accurate. I already bought two other copies to give to friends and family. This, to me, is a must read. Again, if you're in a particular part of the country, or if you, like Diane Roberts, find yourself liking football, but you don't know why, you almost wish you didn't. Um, or even if you're a football fan and you're an FSU fan, I don't think you're going to be super offended by this. I think, um, I don't, I don't get super offended when I read too many things. Um, I try to read with an open mind. And if you can read with an open mind, then I think even um, the most um, avid of football fans could really glean some great information from this book. So the book is Tribal by Diane Roberts. We have it at the bookshelf, um, and I'm sure your local library could get it for you as well. Really worth the read, at least in my opinion. Um, okay, I finally um, picked up, after much debate, Reunion by Hannah Pittard. I believe that's how you pronounce her last name. The book was released in hardback um, about a year ago and recently was released in paperback at the bookshelf. Our policy is when a book comes out in hardback um, or in paperback, the hardback goes on the sale rack. So um, that's a great little tip if you are a local shopper. Um, and you want to save some money, but also want a beautiful hardback book. And I like a good deal as much as the customers I serve. So I picked up the hardback copy of Reunion. 
Um, I was intrigued by the book because it takes place in Atlanta. Uh, I love books that take place in the South. I always like to see how accurate they are. Um, most of them aren't, <laughs> um, but I was curious. And the title alone, the book cover was beautiful. Um, but I love, as I've mentioned many times, I love books about dysfunctional families. Um, this book in particular was um, about a father who commits suicide and his adult children kind of convene in Atlanta to figure out what to do and to get the funeral arrangements ready and close up his house. And the main protagonist, the narrator, is his daughter and she is his youngest daughter. She's a filmmaker um, and film teacher and she has just, none of this is spoilers, she has just um, had an affair. And so her, her marriage is in shambles and she hasn't told her siblings yet. And so there's all of this grief and angst and dysfunction that kind of takes place during this um, weekend with her siblings as they kind of wrap up the the affairs of their father. Um, I liked this book. Uh, it is in the same vein as This Is Where I Leave You. So not sure if you've read that book or seen that movie. I actually really liked the movie. Um, the book I thought was okay. And that is exactly what I think about Reunion. I think um, it's really well written, uniquely written too. Um, not like any, despite being having similar themes to books I love, it was covered somehow in a different way. She Hannah Petard writes in a way um, that's a little bit unique and a little different from what I typically read. It's literary fiction. Um, so it covers the same territory I typically enjoy. It's really well written, um, but much like This Is Where I Leave You, there were some elements that just, I don't know, felt lacking to me, um, and yet perhaps that was the beauty of the story as well. She didn't get bogged down in details. Um, she's willing to leave readers, leave some things up to readers' imaginations. Um, so, so an okay, an okay read. Um, definitely worth a library look. Um, and if you're like me and can get a good deal, definitely worth a good deal. Um, but I'd be interested to know your thoughts if you've read this one. Um, again, it came out about a year ago, just released in paperback. It did make, if I'm not mistaken, an indie next list, meaning independent bookstores each month put out a pamphlet of their favorite selections for the month. And I'm pretty sure Reunion made that list. Um, and this book does, to me, accurately portray the South. Now, these characters are not particularly southern um but the setting of the story is in atlanta and her portrayal of atlanta i think is very accurate and um so that that's worth pointing out as well it certainly is not what i would describe as southern literature i think i was picking it up expecting um a southern family and if you are southern you know southern families are different this is not that um, so this is not Southern literature. It just happens to take place in Atlanta. Um, and the characters are not really, to me, in any way Southern. Um, and so that might have been part of my difficulty with it, is I was going into it thinking I was going to get something else. But I think the most um, similar comparison is This Is Where I Leave You. So if you picked that up, if you enjoyed it, um, then you certainly should try Reunion. Um, really unique uh, story storytelling. Um and so it might be worth a peek if you're if you're into family dysfunction <laughs> like I am. Um, the last book I read 
in October was Assassination Vacation by Sarah Vowell. Um, now I'm second guessing myself, perhaps Vowell. Uh, she is a regular contributor to NPR's This American Life. Her voice is really distinct uh, to me. She comes. She sometimes is like the female David Sedaris, right? If you've listened to David Sedaris, um, his voice is so distinct. And so she's really fun to listen to um, in the stories that she covers on This American Life. I had never picked up a book by her. Um, her books all have these really interesting uh, covers, kind of these mural or um, maybe almost like a shadow box of figurines. Um, and they all are historical nonfiction. So they're all history books or political kind of commentaries, historical commentaries. Um, but I had never picked one of them up. I knew who she was. I was intrigued. Um, but, and this is the beauty of podcast listening, I get a lot of book recommendations from podcasts. So I am a bookseller, so I certainly get recommendations from sales reps, from advanced reader copies, from customers. But just like you, I find great recommendations on Instagram, on Twitter, um, and in this case on a podcast. So I've mentioned this podcast before, but if you are looking for a pop culture related podcast, um, I love pop culture. And so I am always looking for good recommendations and the, um, pop cast, um, that's P O P cast is a great, um, really fun podcast hosted by Jamie and Knox. They're extremely funny, well-read, well-watched. They, uh, they watch lots of great TV and movies. And so I really trust them when it comes to what they like. And, um, Jamie, I believe, recommended Assassination Vacation. And so I ordered it, picked it up with the intent of reading it while I was in the mountains, started it there. Um, but like most historical nonfiction, it's going to take you a little while to get through. It took me a little while to get through. That being said, what a great book. Really enjoyed this one. Um, completely outside of my reading comfort zone, so I'm pretty proud of myself for having read it. Um, it covers the assassinations of Lincoln, McKinley, and Garfield. Um, so Sarah Vowell um, decides that she is going to cover all of the territory that... Um, you might cover if you're taking a vacation to learn about the history behind these um, American presidents' assassinations. So, for example, the first third of the book covers Abraham Lincoln's assassination, and she not only visits the Ford Theater, the Lincoln Memorial, but she also visits um, Tortuga National Park, which is down in Key West, and that is where a prison uh, used to be, I believe, almost kind of Alcatraz-esque, it sounded like. Um, but that was the prison where um, a couple of the conspir conspirators, co-conspirators of the Lincoln assassination wound up serving their time, um, including, and now I cannot remember his first name, but his last name is Mud. And I had always heard that's where we got uh, the saying, his name is Mud or your name is Mud. Um, she goes into detail about that. So if you are at all intrigued by what I just said, then this book is for you. Um, so she covers Lincoln in the first third, um, McK uh, Garfield in the second third, and then McKinley in the third, the last third of the book. Um, I learned so much American history from this book. This is the kind of book kids should have to read in high school or in college because um, sometimes textbooks are so dull and Sarah really brought... 
um, so many of these details to life. Um, she's, she is very funny. So this is another book written by a funny lady. Um, I just realized all the books I read this month were written by women, which is great. Um, but I may need to branch out next month. Um, assassination vacation would be a really fun book to uh, read alongside your dad. So if your dad is like mine, he's interested in history and politics. Um, I think this would be such a fun conversation piece, such a great, even a book club book. Um, I really found it fitting. I was reading it toward the end of October. So Halloween, I kind of finished this book up. Um, really great, especially if you're like me and you typically maybe shy away from historical, uh, nonfiction. Um, what a great way to kind of ease into it because there's, like I said, a memoir element, like a personal element that Sarah brings to the table. She kind of talks about her personal experiences as she's covering these assassinations and as she's visiting these memorials. Um, but so much history. I learned, I mean, you barely hear anything about James Garfield or uh, William McKinley. And for the first time, I kind of learned about them as presidents. And so um, the book was also written during the Bush administration, um, George W. Um, administration. And so, um, she, Sarah is politically liberal. So, um, if that bothers you, take note, but, um, she kind of ties into some comparisons of McKinley's politics to Bush's politics. And I really thought that was interesting too. We don't, um, we don't always get to compare, um, presidential campaigns or presidential terms, especially with presidents who, you know, were, um, office, uh, who were in office generations ago. So, um, Assassination Vacation by Sarah Vowell, Vowell, <laughs> um, really worth your time. And she actually just came out with a new book. So Assassination Vacation came out a few years ago. Um, uh, it's in paperback, but her newest book is about um, one of George Washington's friends, uh, a Frenchman uh, by the name of Lafayette. And let, that would normally completely <laughs> turn me off and I would just think, eh, not for me. But instead I'm really intrigued. So um, I may be getting all of my history lessons from um, Sarah from now on. So, and I think I'd be okay with that. So those are the four books that I read in October. The good news is that it is only, I think, November 4th as I'm recording this, and I've already read two books for November, so I should have some great reviews for you uh, next month. Um, as usual, you can find full episodes of From the Front Porch on iTunes um, or through our website, www.bookshelfthomasville.com. I also wanted to let you know that if you are a faraway listener, since now I know we have some of you, um, I wanted to tell you that if you ever are interested in supporting the bookshelf or buying your books from the bookshelf, we have a curated selection um, on our website. Again, that's www.bookshelfthomasville.com. And you can always order from us over the phone, um, or we can put certain products online um, per your request. So we frequently do some online orders that way as well. Um, if you have any questions or comments, we would love for you to reach out to us through social media. You can find us on Facebook at Bookshelf Thomasville or on Twitter and Instagram at Bookshelf Thomasville. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you next week.